Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's Issues is the name of this program. And as always, we thank you for listening. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning. Great day. How you doing, Brother Fred? I'm doing great. I could see my breath when I went out for a walk this morning. You could see your breath? Yeah, yes. 58 degrees. 58 degrees overnight. I'm telling you, global cooling is, a, is, a, is <laughs> an existential threat. Man-made. Man-made, man-made global cooling is, is, is wreaking havoc. It was wonderful. I and, know. And, and I just keep hold, kind of holding my breath because we are deep into June. Yes. And this is unusually mild. Where we live. Where uh-huh. we live. Yeah. Well, warm. I mean, we're deep into June no matter where you live in America, but and where we live in the South. Mm. This time of year is usually you go from spring for about three weeks in May mm-hmm. right into hot. Yes. Hey, yes. Uh, I don't know what this is. This probably uh, means cooler weather all across the east. I east, I mean, of the Mississippi River next week. But I'm. Uh, what is it about when you get over fifty five? You become start getting obsessed with the weather. What is, what is that about? Why does that? I don't know, but it's true. I don't know. So, uh, 83 next Tuesday. Yeah. What? 84 Wednesday. 83. The high? 83 on July the 1st. Yeah. God bless America. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, and only 70 at night. Uh, oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I get, well, I'm not, not going to be just, you know, sweating on hole 12. I'm right. gonna, you know what I'm saying? I'm well, going to be listen, okay. I just hope a bunch of Yankees from Boston don't start moving down here because <laughs> of our nice weather. Oh, let me check Boston out then. Bring you in, check Boston out? Bring, yeah, go I ahead. I think the Bostonians are going to be happy too. Bring, in, bring in your liberal politics except down for, here. Except for our friends in the Southwest. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Where it's yeah, like getting it. 112, 115 every day. It's 66 in Boston right now. Wow. Uh, do you know then where I, your children are? Then I then we have no worries. <laughs> 77, 75, 86, 89, 90, 92. Okay, it's going to be hotter in Boston than it is here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Ed, tell folks how they can join us on that their internet. Well, if you would like to watch us do radio. And who you wouldn't? Can, and who wouldn't? You can simply go to YouTube or Facebook and search for Today's Issues. That's the name of this program. And click through, and you'll be able to watch us. If you're watching right now, I am waving to you on camera. Uh, Also, if you are planning on traveling, you're listening to a terrestrial radio station right now, but you're planning on taking a trip. People do that during the summer. And you're going to miss your AFR, and you will. Uh, You can simply download the app on your phone or other smart device, portable device, and you can listen to American Family Radio anywhere. I said anywhere. Anywhere that you have good high-speed internet. Hey, before we jump into the news you have, Fred, you guys don't even know what I'm going to bring up. But I clicked on a story from the Fox Business 
website. Okay. okay. Headline says Subway's tuna sandwiches found to contain no tuna fish, no tuna fish DNA. Lab tests find following lawsuit. <laughs> what? Their tuna fish sandwich has no tuna DNA? Well, Meaning there's no tuna According meat? to the Fox News story, it says Subway is on, <laughs> I like their pun here, is on the hook uh. <laughs> for its tuna once again after a lab report found there's no actual tuna DNA in its sandwiches and wraps. I don't know. I, I know probably we have Subway employees and owners who are listening to me right now. I have I'm just telling you what the story says. Maybe yeah. there's more to it than this. It says the New York Times had 60 inches of Subway tuna sandwiches from from uh, from three different restaurants in Los Angeles lab tested from the chain and accused and this chain was accused in a lawsuit reported earlier this year. Yeah, uh, a I mixture of that. various <laughs> alleging the fish is made from a quote mixture of various concoctions end quote. Uh, anyway. Tuna concoctions. This is that sounds ominous. I don't know what's happening to our country. When 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 you I hear can't you. E- huh? I hear you. When you can't even go into a a subway and trust that the you're getting tuna's going to be tuna, right? If this is true, obviously. If this is true, I'm just reporting what the uh, Fox News website says. It's uh, I, 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 I'm going to need to step away, guys, from, from, the, from the mic for just a few minutes. Well, now you got to make me now the to gather now you, myself because I, I go to Subway eaten, a lot. I've probably eaten 200 tuna sandwiches from Subway the last 10 years. Yeah, I well, mean you're a real, you're a real fan. And now, I don't, and now I don't even know. Yeah. Well, what I ate. listen, you want me to, you want me to, want me to blow your mind right now? Please. Okay. Now, normally, I just have a uh, uh, the ham. A sandwich, From Subway? Black Forest ham. Okay. But I have on occasion had meatball subs, and there better be meatball in these subs. <laughs> I'm telling you. I don't. I'm it's not actually gonna, I'm broccoli. Not, I don't think it would be. I don't even do a Google search on that right now. <laughs> no, I, think, I don't want to uh, know. Maybe this will. Maybe like, Subway will come out today and refute this study, but I didn't yes. even know they could do a DNA search on yeah. I think the tuna. earlier allegation cuz this all started several months ago is that you know you go in and you buy in the grocery store something that looks and tastes like crab meat yes but it ain't crab right. but they tell you that this is yes. they tell you front. they tell you this yeah. is it's artificial but yeah, i think artificial. the allegation is is that they've been using cheaper fish and calling it tuna you can make it taste like tuna, <laughs> oh, but, yeah. it, but it ain't. You can, I know, because I have cologne that smells like tuna, and so you can add, you can add smell, you can add taste. Uh, I used to have an expression for what you just described, Ed, and I would say that's just wrong. <laughs> cologne, tuna cologne, tuna cologne. All right, Fred, let's get to some real news. Let's get some real news uh, and get us back on track here. All right. Well, kind of just. Good segue, though, false information. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have been dealing with a number of stories about allegations with regards to COVID, where it started, labs in Wuhan. And initially, there was an effort by big tech uh, to say, you know, it's not true. We're not. We're going to stop publishing things that we don't believe are true. In other words, you know, Google, for instance, was saying we only want to carry authoritative information. 
authority. We're, we're deciding what's true and what's not. Well, Tucker Carlson last night took this issue on. Very, very interesting. Here's what it found out. That Google was basing its definition on authoritative information on a uh, noted man of science, as Tucker Carlson called him, Peter Dasik. All right. Peter Dasik is the person who almost singularly handily stopped virtually all public speculation about the lab leak early in the pandemic. He wrote an article, Dasik did, for The Lancelot, one of the top scientific publications, stating his fact that there was no possibility the coronavirus could have come from the lab in Wuhan. All right. So we have Google saying all the speculation that something happened in this lab in Wuhan is not true. We're not going to publish it anymore because we're relying on this credible article in The Lancet written by Peter Daszak. All right. Now, have a listen to where Tucker Carlson took the story from there. Cut number one. So why did Google continue to rely on Peter Daszak, of, of all people on Earth, to decide what the rest of the population could know about the origins of COVID? Tonight, we know why. It turns out that Tony Fauci was not the only one funding Peter Daszak's research on bat viruses. Google was funding that research, too. And here's the evidence. Peter Daszak admitted it in print. We don't need to speculate. It's right there. Beginning in 2010, several of Daszak's research papers explicitly acknowledged that they were funded by Google. One of those papers was an observational study that analyzed the transmission of viruses from bats to humans, in this case in Bangladesh. All right. So imagine yourself looking at a circle on a board. You have Google at the top, uh, which says, you know, we're going to decide what's true and what's not about what happened at the Wuhan lamb, if anything happened. Then you have this, uh, they say they rely on Peter Daszak, the scientist who wrote the article in The Lancet. So now we know, uh, thanks to Tucker Carlson, that uh, Dr. Fauci was funding research that Daszak was doing in connection with the labs in Wuhan. Using government money. Using government money. Now, keep going around the circle. Now we know, thanks to Tucker Carlson, and we have nothing to refute that what Carlson is saying at this point is true, that Google was also funding the research being carried out by Daszak on the Wuhan lab. Google. Google, who said we should trust Daszak, who's getting money from Fauci. It's an incestuous relationship uh, there going on. Listen, uh, I know sometimes people have art that, that you laid it out well, Fred. What you got now, now that we, what we know now is um, that there's financial ties, either indirect, directly or indirectly between Dr. Fauci's organization and this, uh, his, his, uh, his counterpart or, or his, uh, peer that D A S Z A K. You can look him up here. His name is, uh, was it Peter? Peter. He's British. Mm-hmm. He's basically what Dr. He's, he's a world renowned scientist. Okay. All right. He's the one, what he did was, We've now learned this gentleman I just described, Peter uh, Dasik. Mm-hmm. Early on in this, he organized a open letter 
from a lot of scientists that he knew he he now we now, we now know he pressured them his his colleagues and peers to issue a letter debunking the idea of a human created covid yes in the Wuhan lab mm-hmm. okay and tr- tried to make people who suggested such or even questioned such flat earthers okay yep. basically mm-hmm. these were these are ignorant people they would suggest don't even know anything about science this was obviously naturally created or naturally came to be covid so well and also- now we know now we know one final thought now we know that that's probably not true the the bats and all that i would say it's not true but people i'd say okay and we know this fella who organized these science peter dr peter uh, dasik had a financial tie to the wuhan uh to the wuhan uh, viral mm-hmm. clinic yeah and i'm looking at an article from the telegraph which is a uk newspaper were you going to bring this up or Mm-mm. this this says that he has he was part of an inquiry. Now get yes, this. Yes. Part of an inquiry into the origins of the COVID pandemic, and he's had to recuse himself from that inquiry. So he was investigating. He was part of the investigation into the origins of the uh, pandemic. Of course, he was going to be unbiased and nonpartisan, and he was going to just give a scientific uh, explanation to the best of his ability, but now he's had to recuse himself it's because U- of, and it's a UN back commission. A, a, I mean, that's bad. You get kicked off yes. the UN commission looking into the origins of COVID, but, uh, the conflict of interest there is obvious. They were, and, and it says that he was, he's recused himself amid concerns over his links to a Wuhan laboratory tied to the lab leak theory. Yeah. This the, is bizarre. The, the, the point of all this is trust. And you're supposed to be able to trust scientists to be apolitical. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That you are. And that's what and they scientific. and that's what they pride themselves on. We don't look at uh, we're not emotional. We don't look at money. Uh, we don't look at business interest or ideology, ideology. We just tell you the facts as they exist. Well, as it turns out, uh, the old expression, follow the money applies in the scientific world too. Well, then let me ask, let me ask this question. What in the world is Google doing funding research? See, here's, here's my concern is that Google and uh, now I'm not saying they don't have a right to do it. They do, but you have a extremely powerful corporation that appears global global, that appears to be uh, acting in a way that indicates it has a particular interest in the future of the world from an ideological standpoint. And that this is, this is more concerning. I am very concerned what you just said, Tim, about science but I'm even more concerned with the fact that Google's saying, you know what, we're going to fund this research. Now, what happens if it turns out that you can't trust any of them? Well, yeah. You can't, no, yeah. you can't trust any of them. Uh, did I raise my voice there? 
louder it did, than did the decibels go up? It's but it's it's cool. That's how I sounded weather. inside when I learned that the tuna wasn't a tuna sandwich at Subway. Inside, I yelled. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, listen. Uh, I guess they they used to call people like us conspiracy theorists, right? Mm-hmm. But Still I'm sorry. But I'm sorry if the conspiracy is true. You can call me whatever you want to. These these globalist, leftist, secularist uh, organizations, they're all they're all uh, um, compromised. Google, for example, is using this man we just described as the expert, as the go-to expert, without revealing his financial ties to the lab yes. that they're funding. Okay. That they're funding. Yeah. Or yeah. theirs, for that matter. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think they did. I think yeah. that's what's being revealed now. But so, so you can't just wonder yeah. what I thought. So what I'm saying is it's the same way with all these liberal fact, and liberal is a light word for them, fact checkers. Yes. Okay, that you see in Yahoo, uh, Yahoo uses or Google uses or the Washington Post uses or whoever, CNN. Twitter, back, they all do. Back check, back check, back check. They only fact check conservatives. Right. Yes. And they only fact check them. And then we learned, we learned later that their fact checking was wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like they, remember they fact checked President Trump on the idea that this may have been a uh, a human caused uh, virus, a human created virus that may have happened. You remember that? Yeah. Well, when President Trump suggested that, they fact checked him. Mm-hmm. He's a liar. Mm-hmm. He's ignorant. He's stupid. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, now a year later, we learned that yes, uh, President Trump did know what he was talking about. Right. And your fact checkers were the liars. Did you okay, have pass me some oxygen. Well, <laughs> Grant, give me some oxygen over here, please. I got coffee. Go ahead, Fred. But the part that bothers me the most is the Google. Google, who is saying we are going to be the deciders of truth with regards to what's true about Wuhan lab, if they were honest, had any ounce of integrity, would disclose to the public, wouldn't depend on Tucker Carlson, Right. would disclose to the public, <clears throat> by the way, we have a financial investment in the research going on in Wuhan. So we should say that up front. All right? But they're not doing that. I yeah. didn't know anything about this until I, I heard this. On Do we really think that Dr. Peter Daszak would say anything scientifically contrary to what Google was paying him to do? That's amazing. All right. It's absolutely amazing. So, so <laughs> I would just say anytime you read a, uh, a fact check, or uh, <laughs> you need to question who, who are the fact checkers because uh, oftentimes you'll find out they're just liberal liars <laughs> doing the bidding mm-hmm. for, uh, for the Democrat Party mm-hmm. or for some leftist organization. It's almost always that way. Now, occasionally, on rare occasion, when something is so blatantly obvious, uh, you know, the Washington Post will have to do a four Pinocchios on some Democrat, but it's usually just token. It's their one time they do a fact check and then they come back and do 20 fact checks against conservatives. Yeah. So, all right. uh, You're listening to today's issues on the American family radio network. Next story, Fred. Well, like we say in hockey, uh, a Donnybrook on the ice, you know, there's a big upheaval. 
Well, there was a Donnybrook yesterday at the Loudoun County, Virginia School District. It is in Virginia. In Virginia. Point zero, Northern Virginia. Point zero in parents fighting back, not only against critical race theory, but the push uh, to indoctrinate kids on transgenderism and implement transgenderism policy in bathrooms, et cetera, et cetera. Yesterday, there were almost 300 people at this school district meeting, and they showed up to fight back against these policies. But, of course, there were also parents there that are pro-transgender policy, pro-CRT. All right. Here's a montage of what it sounded like early on in this battle yesterday. Cut number eight. The Western culture and values that brought forth Christianity in the founding documents are being called evil and racist. You're not the captain, we're your bosses, and God willing, we'll return most of you to the private sector very soon. I'm reminded of the tyranny of communist China, where your money is legally stolen and then used in government schools, like here, to indoctrinate children against their parents. As long as you Marxists push your unconstitutional agenda on my child, she will not be returning back to Mount County schools. So, angry moms and dads. At one point, the school district, uh, uh, the heads of the school district took a break. They came back and they said, basically, if there's any rowdiness, we're going to call it a day. Well, rowdiness broke out. There were two arrests yesterday. But all of this, as I say, Loudoun County has become just the ground zero in this battle. Ian Pryor uh, talks about the meeting yesterday. He is the head of one of the parents groups that's fighting this. Cut number six. You know, they had about 10 or 15 speakers that we think they gave the, the jump to to sign up. And then it was like 30 speakers that were, that were coming out, talking about their issues, exercising their First Amendment right. And forbid, somebody applauded. Now, applauding is a First Amendment right. There was no, you know, there were no issues with clapping here. And they shut it down. And we knew that they were going to do this. They tried to do it in the last school board meeting. Look, their motto is silence the opposition. When they hear voices that they don't agree with, that don't align with their activist friends or the special interests supporting these school board members, they shut them down. This battle isn't over. There's recall efforts against some of the school district heads there. Uh, this is going to continue. You've got angry moms, angry dads. Uh, they, they've taken this battle, they put it in their teeth, and they're going to run with it. Listen, this is why we have always said for over uh, 44 years, American Family Association has exhorted and encouraged parents and single people, whatever. If you're an adult, if you're a, a young person who's old enough, get involved. Yeah. Speak up. Speak out. Now, I will say this and have said this uh, on the air. One of the, one of the good things that happened during the COVID pandemic shutdown was that a lot of parents, because their kids were doing remote learning, mm -hmm. were doing their classes in the house, yes. online, parents got an eyeful yeah. and an earful mm -hmm. of the kind of thing that was going on. Now, uh, we always try to say probably the majority of schools in this country are doing a good job, lots of good teachers. I don't know if it's the majority. Who knows? But there are a lot of schools that were planning to and instituted these radical propaganda uh, teaching curricula and parents are finding out and they're getting involved and folks if you haven't found out what they're doing in your school district you better find out yes okay good news last week from the united states supreme court 
The fact that I was in Washington, D.C. at the same time. <laughs> had nothing to do with it? Coincidence? <laughs> I don't know. We'll explore that when we get back. But we did have a great uh, victory for religious freedom having to do with uh, adoption agencies. And, and we're going to talk. Care. We're going to talk about that when we get back from the break. Stay with us. Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Abraham Hamilton III of the Hamilton Corner. Whenever I turn to the Old Testament, um, there's some people, they have a jaundiced eye towards it. But I would just remind you, as Apostle Paul says, those things that are written aforetime are written for our learning. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Are you in the midst of your college search? We invite you to explore Liberty University this spring at one of our on-campus events. Spend a few hours exploring campus at Tour LU, dig deeper, and learn more about life at Liberty during Experience OU. Or you can take your next steps towards training for your dream career on a world-class campus by meeting with faculty and department heads and getting your questions answered at DecideLU. Learn more about these visiting opportunities and register today by texting VISIT to the number 49596. Again, that's VISIT to the number 49596. Vicki Hansen of Bowling Green, Missouri, is known around town for making fudge. It's something of a family tradition. On average, Mrs. Hansen makes around 42,000 pounds of fudge every year. Not for the family, but for American troops. It's a tradition that started with the women of the Hansen family during World War II. Her father served in the military, as did two of her children. Mrs. Hansen's fudge has been devoured by troops serving in 52 different countries. She tells television station WGEM the military needs to know they're appreciated and respected. She said they need to have hope, and nothing says hope like a box of homemade fudge, all made in her tiny kitchen with a cast iron skillet, shipped out using donated coolers and tin cans. An inspiration to all Americans, giving our soldiers and airmen and Marines and sailors a little taste of home. I'm Todd Starnes. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the program Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. And as my esteemed colleague, Brother Ed, here told you earlier, you can watch the show on YouTube and Facebook. We also uh, just type in Today's Issues. We also post the stories that we discuss here. Fred Fred gets the stories together every morning. And then if we discuss them here on the program, we talk, uh, we uh, post them there so you can read them. Read the uh, sources for yourself. Tim with Ed and Fred here. If you want to send us an email, if you want to send us an email, make sure it is a K-Love email. <laughs> it needs to be positive and encouraging. Okay, if you've got criticism, it needs to be constructive. You don't need to say things like, why is Tim on the air? He's an ignoramus. That's a declarative statement. Yes. Okay. It's a declarative statement, which is that person's opinion. Okay. I would say I'm not an ignoramus. And I would agree with you, Tim. Except I am about, like, soccer. I'm pretty much an ignoramus. Well, but everyone's ignorant about some things. That doesn't make everyone an ignoramus. So right, that was a song. I, I defend you again. Yes, it's a country, right. country song. It's a country song. Not everybody's <laughs> an ignoramus. I think George Strait made that popular back in the, uh, back in you the can't say early nineties. You can't say Strait. What <laughs> <laughs> George is going to have to change his last name? I think so. That's a bigoted. It's right. <laughs> Just the name, George Strait. I take this stuff seriously, Tim. <laughs> Shame. Shame on you. All right. So we had a. Uh, <laughs> that was funny, wasn't it? It was funny. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was real funny. Look at George Strait's going to change his name. <laughs> oh, me. I'm sorry. It's live radio. But that, that, that was <laughs> it doesn't very get funny. any better. Yeah, than... that, that was in your top 10. The yeah. funniest things you've ever said, at least around me. All right. So last week, the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, issued a decision having to do with the uh, uh, Catholic Charities Organization in Philadelphia, PA. And they had gone to the Supreme Court to make the argument because they are a private Christian organization, they have a right to determine who they will um, uh, send send their children out to that are, are in there in fo- most for the most part foster care kids yeah. so uh the supreme court kind of surprised me and said they're, they're you're right you do have a religious freedom uh aspect here and you have a right to determine uh, this uh <clears throat> which way you're going to go on this so tom veely good morning tom good morning tim you are a, the president of New Beginnings International Children's and Family Services. Is that right? That's correct. What's the acronym for that, Tom? New Beginnings. Okay. <laughs> Nebegachev. Yeah, it's, it it's something uh, Russian, I think. Uh, anyway, t- tell us about uh, uh, you're based here in Tupelo, Mississippi, although you're a national organization. Right. We serve families uh, nationwide. We do domestic and international adoption. 
And so and we are a faith-based organization. A, You've been doing this. New Beginnings has been in existence for 30, about 35, 36 years. I've been there for 21. Before that, were you, did you come, before that, were you involved in the adoption? I, well, I was because, Thursday. yeah, my wife and I adopted internationally in 1982 and 1985. So From where? Korea, South Korea. So we have been involved in the adoption uh, world for pushing 40 years. And... Uh, just think it's a, a great opportunity for kids. We believe every child deserves a forever family. And that's just part of the fabric of our family. You know, we, we adopted before adoption was real popular. And, and then it kind of hit a wave when it was the thing to do. We, we did it because we wanted children and loved children. So that's been our background in, in caring for children. Okay. What happened last week, uh, you and I and have been talking about this issue for several years now and watching what was happening, talking about the uh, <clears throat> states and, and some municipalities and by the pressure brought up to, on them by the LGBTQ uh, people to force uh, private Christian uh, adoption agencies, for example, to adopt out to gay couples, which is a violation of the religious teaching in the mm-hmm. Christian faith. Anyway, so uh, I tell you, before you before I answer that, Fred, do I have it accurate, the Supreme Court, what they ruled on, or did I misspeak? What the Supreme Court this- ruled, and it's been described as somewhat a narrow decision, it said in Philadelphia's non-discrimination policy, they have... They gave themselves the right for exceptions. And so what the Supreme Court said, because you have the city of Philadelphia in your rules on non-discrimination, you say we have the right to give exceptions to these rules on non-discrimination. Supreme Court said this agency is entitled to be that that exception. You can't just say you have exceptions and say, okay, but it's not going to apply to them. So in that decision, so uh, it wasn't strictly ruled on a religious freedom. No, right. Uh, so I, I I did misspeak to that extent. But what did you think about what happened here, uh, Tom? And how does that affect maybe the broader um, Christian adoption agencies? Yeah, not. I'm not going to try to interpret the Supreme Court because I'm not a lawyer. But it's great for the adoption agencies. Tim, you alluded to going back several years and working with. Uh, you, we do. I'll just say we do appreciate American Family Association and, and our relationship. Uh, Mississippi has passed a religious liberty law that protects us, so we can uh, honor our deeply held uh, faith beliefs. And uh, I think you helped us with some of the language even several years ago that we we incorporated it to protect ourselves and being careful. Now, having said that, from the adoption side of it. It's almost as if um, you wonder why are they try why why would they want to exclude faith based organizations, faith based adoption agencies, and I presume Catholic charities in Philadelphia doing foster care, are some of the most successful in recruiting families for foster care and for adoption. If we say as a country, and we've got what four hundred and some thousand children in foster care. Uh, children who are waiting to be adopted. There are, there are other barriers that I won't go into that uh, slow down adoptions. 
children aren't listed across the country for agencies to get into. Sometimes the public systems seem to protect their turf when it should be, let's get these children into homes. But faith-based organizations play a great part in that fabric. That's what I see with Catholic Charities. They were a good organization. They're doing the work of God as they see it in what they're doing. They're serving children. Why would anyone want to exclude them? Uh, an example I would use here that we run into, practically speaking, on a more regular basis now is we have contacts probably one, one or two a month. I'll get a contact from a same-sex couple, maybe male, maybe female couple, uh, asking about it, adopting through us. Sometimes it's fostering, which we don't have a foster program. We do adoption. But they'll ask about adoption, adopting through us. And I, I would honestly say, from my perspective, and I, I do field all those calls. I haven't referred them to me. I have never had a heated or a conversation that I don't think ended up good with one of those couples. Uh, there was one. Somebody wanted to argue theology, and I just it was going nowhere. It just ended that one. But, but the fact is this. For us in Mississippi, and I presume other places across the country, it's not just the state, for adoption, young ladies who want to place for adoption choose which agency they come to work with. Those who come to work with us, they know we're a Christian organization. They know we're faith-based. They can look at they, they all look on the web. They see us. It's clear as can be on their what we are. They come to us. If a young lady wants to place a child with a same-sex couple, they're probably going to go elsewhere. We do. We have, to my knowledge, in my 20 years at New Beginnings, never had a birth mother ask about a same-sex couple. You know, if they did, we can refer them to multiple people across the country. Um, and that's what we do regularly. It would be, to me, and I've, I've explained this to many of those couples, to me it would be unethical for us to take an application fee from them because I would just be pulling an application fee and sitting on their money collecting interest. I mean, it'd be a good business thing, I suppose, but it would not be right. Uh, but during the same 20 years, we have had approximately, I'm going to say, I know there's five for sure, maybe half a dozen birth mothers who came in who were self-identified as living a gay lifestyle, and they wanted a heterosexual couple, which we did. So hmm. when I look at the Catholic Charities uh, cases and who they're serving and what they're doing, um, or and I, I don't, I'm not sure where the case started, what the background was. Fred, I asked you before we had what wasn't sure, but, you know, I talked to a friend of mine last night about this subject who was knowledgeable about, about it, and he didn't know exactly either, but... Whenever the case started, the couple that wanted to challenge Catholic Charities had other places to go. They chose Catholic Charities apparently to just make a lawsuit. They That's just what they did to, to Jack Phillips out at the Baker out in Colorado, what they're still trying to do. Yeah. There are a thousand places for those people to go uh, who want to have a wedding cake made in Colorado. So it, it's available to it's them. It's available, and that's that's what we do with referring i've i have and i won't so name they, just to finish that thought yeah. so they targeted him because he's a christian that's the same thing that they would try to do with christian adoption agencies they would they, they could adopt a hundred other places but no they want to force you that's what they're really after not you personally but that's right they want to force christian adoption agencies to place children uh with two men or, or whatever and you know what? 
that that's against i mean they these the, those two people may be wonderful people i'm talking about the two gay people or the two lesbian people and there's other places for them to adopt children but you can't deny the, the scripture okay the scripture does not allow for two men to be recognized as a marriage it just doesn't and it never will so we can't so for a christian adoption like bethany services didn't they fold on this one they folded yeah. is that what they're called bethany bethany christian and they're bethany the largest Christ. right yes they, they, they just folded yeah, they like are. a cheap suit yeah on on this issue without even fighting it really so um anyway uh Tell our listeners about your about New Beginnings International and where they can find you on the web. Uh, they can find New Beginnings on the web at newbeginningsadoptions.org. That's www.newbeginningsadoptions.org. And um, they can find more information there. And and like I say, for those for those if there are individuals listening in that are same sex, uh, just Google online same sex adoptions. There are agencies across the country. Or they can email me, Tom at newbeginningsadoptions.org, and I'll be happy to refer them via email about all this, to somebody. Ed? Well, uh, we're talking about the the, uh, the ruling? Yeah. Well, I, I think the ruling was good as far as it goes. As Fred pointed out, it was narrowly decided. The Supreme Court seems reticent. It was 9-0. Well, or seven, but I'm talking, yeah, but it was 9-0. But what they, what they ruled was narrow. They did not say that... Catholic Social Services, the group that filed the lawsuit, they did not say they have a right to their own religious expression. Philadelphia can't infringe upon that. They simply ruled that Philadelphia, if it has an exception clause in their contract, because Catholic Social Services contracted with the city, along with other groups, to do foster care, then if they have an exception clause, an exemption clause they have to grant it to catholic social services but what's probably going to happen abraham hamilton iii has pointed this out is that philadelphia is going to go back and remove all exemption clauses and everyone who contracts with the city is going to have to follow their non-discrimination law so i'm guessing catholic social services will be back in court fighting this so what kind of exception would you what would be an exception that somebody would want. Well, it could be uh, over, you know, religious exemption. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever they, they, they give themselves. Philadelphia gave themselves the power to declare exemptions. I'm not sure what they were thinking when they put that in there, but okay. they were not going to give the exemption to Catholic social services based on their religious beliefs. In fact, that was what caused the lawsuit. Catholic the Supreme social Court Service. said you have to. If you have an you exemption, can't discriminate against them because they're a Christian right adoption agency. All right. You know, interesting, Tim, years ago, and I'm talking a ways back, probably in the 80s that I recall, uh, there was discrimination based on the race of children. Uh, there was a time when they would say, you can't place a mixed-race child or a black child with a white family and vice versa. In fact, we, we ran into that, uh, New Beginnings ran into that in the early 90s. It went all the way to the governor, and, and it was a big ruckus, and uh, some people lost their jobs over it in Mississippi. Uh, so they were removing these barriers because what is it we're trying to say? Ch- the child should be in a home. They shouldn't be in a, they shouldn't be in an orphanage. They shouldn't be in a group situation that is long-term. They should be in a home with the mother and 
in a father situation. So they removed it um, with the Adoption and Save Family Act and did it. And, and now it's almost like instead of saying all hands on deck with all these children that need homes, let's, let's get rid of some of these faith-based organizations that have a great history. Right. And, and a lot of them, like us, we don't take government money. We do the work we do with birth mothers through donations and those things. Why do you want to not say all hands on deck? Because I think, Tom, because ideology trumps the welfare of the children. And for a lot of these, for a lot of these activists, that's what's number one mm-hmm. is they don't want you and new beginnings to be able to practice your faith. If it means you're not treating homosexual couples, the same because your faith is bigoted. Yes. Uh, so that's, that's more important than the welfare of the children. Yeah, that's even. what they would say. Yeah. They would say you're a bigot because you discriminate against homosexual couples. Right. And when you say, well, yes, I do discriminate, or we do, because the Bible teaches a man and a woman is a marriage. No, you can't hold that. So this is where we're headed with this, with the broader issue in popular culture, is now if you believe in what the Bible teaches about human sexuality, <clears throat> you are de facto a bigot. And a racist, or well, not maybe not a racist, but a homophobe, transphobe, and you must be ostracized from society. Right. That's what's going Which on. Which is here. what Philadelphia. So was well, like. so our interpretation of the scripture is in error, and theirs is now right because it's their interpretation. Uh, and, and common common sense for the interest of the children and this and the safety and welfare of children just goes out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome, Tim. I right, appreciate appreciate you dropping by, and that's. Uh, and Tom's uh, uh, organization, uh, what's the website again, Tom? NewBeginningsAdoptions.org. New Beginnings with an S, Adoptions. With an S.org. Dot org. Fred, next story. Well, uh, speaking of the United States Supreme Court, the Supreme Court released a decision this morning involving a 14-year-old cheerleader um, from Pennsylvania. The school that she was part of, suspended her uh, over some vulgar language she used off campus. Uh, The court ruled 8-1 to this morning in favor of Brandy Levy, 14-year-old high school freshman, when she expressed her disappointment over not making the varsity cheerleading team on Snapchat, Snapchat with a string of curse words and another symbol. Uh, that I won't talk about. Uh, Levy was not in school when she made her post, but she was suspended from cheerleading activities for a year anyway. And in writing the decision, Justice Stephen Breyer said the high court ruled that the suspension violated Levy's First Amendment rights. So bottom line is, 14-year-old girl doesn't make cheerleading team, leaves the campus of the high school there in Pennsylvania, says some really nasty things on social media, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, she takes the, uh, the school to court for uh, suspending her, and uh, she won in court today. Uh, you may say this is terrible. I mean, she used bad language. Didn't the school have the right to say you can't be a cheerleader for a year? The flip side of this, and we're getting reaction to this, is is it protecting her First Amendment rights off campus might that not benefit down the road other students 
who may be uh, disciplined for if students involved with a Christian club off campus that speaks out against homosexuality. Uh, this court ruling might help Christians in other types of cases. Yeah, because uh, issues like transgender, you know, those kinds of debates, I, I can foresee in a liberal school district a student on social media saying, you know, there ain't no way that uh, that, that dude's a lady. Hmm. Shouldn't be doing this and shouldn't be doing that. And then getting in trouble with the school. Yes. You know, and so uh, obviously we don't encourage uh, students to use foul language or to use uh, to be abusive towards their school or people in authority. Uh, but you do have some rights. And uh, so I, I'm glad you guys are going to be getting reaction from legal experts. Mm -hmm. I would be interested in hearing what, what they say. But this is a new ruling. So mm -hmm. that's my initial uh, observation, as I would say, this may be helpful for Christians going forward. Yeah. There are still a lot of rulings. Normally, the month of June is when rulings come out from the Supreme Court. We're watching and waiting for a big one that is supposed to come out, and that has to do with a decision that uh, somebody might be familiar with her, Kamala Harris, yes. made when she was Attorney General of California. She started demanding that uh, nonprofits had to reveal the names of their donors. And so that case has finally made it up to the Supreme Court, and we are awaited with, as they say, bated breath. And and that should be by uh, by next by a week from today at the latest, right? At the latest, yes. Uh, the, all the rulings. To my Kamala Harris visiting the border. No. <laughs> what? No. no, no she's she's I got in late on this border. conversation. She was asked about that, and she said, "What border?" <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the Maryland-Virginia border this afternoon. Yeah, that's right. It's a problem. I don't Wait recognize time. the southern border. I don't border. understand your question. That's right. Lester, you're why are you asking me about this? You're I haven't been to Europe. Me. Yeah, no. I haven't been to Antarctica. What, yeah. do you, what, is it, what is me having to go to the U.S. border having to do with anything? Right. Yeah. Uh, next story, be praying for our men and women in our military. Because since uh, Joe Biden became president, he has made it known that he is going to force left-wing policy across every agency of the government, including our military. As an example, Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada. Here's the headline this morning. Nellis Air Force Base hosts first-ever drag queen show. This is a military base in the United States of America hosting men dressed as women. And when some of the media in that area found out about this, here's the statement that was released actually to Breitbart News. This is an official statement from the commanders at Nellis Air Force Base. Nellis Air Force Base and 99th Air Base Wing hosted its first ever drag show Thursday, last week, last Thursday, June 17th. The event was sponsored by a private organization, providing an opportunity for attendees to learn more about the history and significance I'm reading from their statement of significance of drag performance art within the LGBT community. Ensuring our ranks reflect and are inclusive of the American people is essential to the morale, cohesion, and readiness of the military. Nellis Air Force Base is committed to providing and championing an environment that is characterized by equal opportunity, diversity, and inclusion. What does having a drag queen performance on a military base have to do with helping out for readiness of the military. 
Well, it has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with the brainwashing of every stratum of our society, now including the military. And let me put a spiritual twist on this. When, when Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, God told him, sent him back, and he said, the people have corrupted themselves. Mm. And, of course, we know when Moses got down there what was happening, and that is what's happening in our country. The people have corrupted themselves, and those with power and authority in this country are leading the charge, and they are leading the charge over a cliff. And if the church, some in the church are awake, okay, not woke, they're awake, they're awakened to the danger, but if more and more Christians don't awaken to the danger and repent and cry out to God, Second Chronicles 714, this country is going over a moral cliff. And that kind of degradation, mm. you think that's not going to have real-world consequences when we fight our next war? It will. You know, I was just thinking, you know, would Franklin Graham be allowed to go and preach the gospel on the military well, base? Well, he, he probably would, but you know what? Those two things are not the same. This is out of the pit of hell. Yes. And this is demonic. Mm -hmm. And these poor people who are cross-dressers dressers and drag queens are in the grip of Satan. And they are deluded and delusional. And for people in authority to applaud that and encourage them in it, what, when these people remain in their chains, mm -hmm. spiritual chains... Uh, the, if we ever get to the place where we're fighting to have Franklin Graham preach because, hey, the drag queens got their chance, those two things are not the same. And shame on the U.S. military. But these people who are promoting it, they have no shame. Yeah. They are depraved, and they're running the show. Look how quickly this kind of thing has happened since Joe Biden became president. Yep. This would not have been allowed under Donald Trump, you I'm sure. You're being very positive and encouraging. I'm I know. Huh? Now I can't even go get them. All right. Tuna sandwich. <laughs> Clear my head. <laughs> we shall return momentarily with more of today's issues on American Family Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.